Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Welcome back to our study of the book of Proverbs, and today we are in chapter 2, and we're going to begin reading in verse 7. So open up your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 7. Speaking of God here, he says, He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice. And he preserves the way of his godly one. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity for every good course, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And then we're going to look at some of these uh, very important proverbs and very, very encouraging promises. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you would watch over this study, that it would not just be words or time or just going through some exercise. Lord, I pray that your son would be glorified. And I pray, Lord, that the young people who are watching this series would be directed in their life, directed to follow your son, to believe your son, to walk in the fear of the Lord and to one day stand before you and hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Father, please use this time in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Well, let's let's begin looking at verses uh, seven and eight. And we're going to look at who God promises to protect. Now, we need to understand something. God's love. In, in many ways is, is universal, global. And God's care over not just the uh, not just his people, but even those who are not his people, is evident in the world. God's mercy and his grace is evident throughout all peoples and throughout all the world. And yet, when we go into the scriptures, we find that there are special promises for God's people, for those who love him and seek to follow him in, in faith and true devotion. So in verse 7, starting with the second part, he is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. Now, there are, let's see, there are three different groups here that are mentioned, and I want to take a look at each one of them, because they actually describe the true believer. Now, here's something that's very important. We're going to hear words like those who walk in integrity, uh, those who walk in the paths of justice, those who are godly. And and many times when we hear that, we think, well, yes, that sort of describes me, and yet there are times when I'm really not that godly. So do these promises apply to me? We're going to see that they apply to every genuine believer in Jesus Christ, and that they're not referring only to some elite group of super spiritual Christians, 
but to all who are sincerely, though imperfectly, seeking to walk with God through faith in Christ. All right, first of all, it says, God promises to protect, in verse 7, those who walk in integrity. Now, the word integrity means, and I have it written down here, completeness, um, a sense of an undivided heart. Uh, when Jesus says, blessed are those who are pure in heart, he's really talking about a heart without mixture, a heart without um, competing loyalties um, or competing loves, a heart that is sincerely devoted to him. Here the idea includes that, but the main idea I believe here is a heart that, that walks in sincerity and, and that walks honestly. A person who genuinely seeks to follow God. Now, I've written three things here that I think are helpful. First of all, the person who walks in integrity is the person who honestly desires to know the will of God and to do it. Now again, there are times when when even old guys like me who've walked with the Lord for a long time have to mourn the fact that we're apathetic, that we should desire the will of God more. And even among the oldest saints that have walked the longest with God, there is still the, the fact that sometimes we do not do God's will. So again, we're not talking about perfection. God doesn't promise to protect just those who are perfect because he would be protecting no one. But protecting those who are inclined, who have a genuine desire to know God's will and a genuine desire to do it. Another way to describe the person who has integrity is someone who, who honestly struggles against sin, against the fallen flesh, and against the world. It, it's not that they always win. It's not that in every battle they come out unscathed. It's just that you can honestly see that, that they are fighting against those things that are displeasing to God and seeking to walk in God's way. Another way of looking at it is this. Um, if, if you look around the world, now some of you are probably too young um, to be able to do this, but some of you may be able to. You look around the world and, and you see the great majority of people are not concerned about knowing the will of God. They're not concerned about doing the will of God. And when they fail in the will of God, there's, there's no brokenness. There's no mourning. They just don't care. As a matter of fact, they may even boast about their disobedience. The genuine Christian is different. So if I were to set a person like that beside you, would I be able to see a difference? Where they don't care about the will of God, do you honestly care? Where they don't seek to do the will of God, do you seek to do the will of God? Where they do not mourn when they disobey, does it bother you when you see in God's word or maybe for a sermon or the instruction of your parents that you're in disobedience? Now, another thing is, the person who walks in integrity uh, honestly acknowledges their failures, their sins. Remember, I think we studied the word confession, uh, omologeo in Greek, to speak the same thing. When God tells you, you have sinned, let's say something specific, you have sinned in that you were angry with your brother. Confession is not, well, if I've done anything wrong, I apologize. That's not confession. Confession is saying, yes, God, I agree with you. I sinned and was angry with my brother, just as you said. Please forgive him. 
You see? So a person who walks in integrity is someone who doesn't try to hide their sin. Another word that we often use is the person's transparent. They, um, they're just kind of an open book before God. And in some ways also an open book before, before others. There's no pretense. There's no uh, trying to dress yourself up to look differently than you are. But you stand as a, a young man or a young girl before God like an open book. So that's a person who walks in integrity. And, and the Bible says that God has a special interest in that person and that God protects that person. Now, the second person that's mentioned here, those who walk in the paths of justice. Okay? Now, that, so what are the paths of justice? Well, when we think of justice, we think of doing right to our fellow man. And, and of course, that's included. But the idea here is, is righteousness. And what is righteousness? It is conformity to a standard. Conformity to, um, well, you can look at it this way. The, the, one of the words to describe justice actually means straight. And let's say that this represents God's will, and this represents you, and there's, there's a perfect parallel. Then you're walking in righteousness because you're walking in a way that conforms to God's standard. Now, Let's look at it differently. Let's say that this is God's standard and you're kind of all like this or moving like this. Then you're not walking according to God's standard. So to walk in righteousness, to walk in justice, is to walk according to the character and will of God. Now, um, how do we know what that is? Do we need some prophet to come to our house and tell us? Do we need to ask God to give us a dream? No, not at all. We've gone over this so many times. Uh, you know the paths of justice and righteousness because they're marked out in God's Word. And so the more you study God's Word, the more you're going to be able to define these paths of justice and righteousness. Now, there's also something I want to bring here that's a promise, and it's in the famous Psalms 23. You know where it says, The Lord is my shepherd. It says, in verse 3, he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So not only has God given you his word, but God is working. Yes, invisibly, maybe. But nonetheless, he is truly and really working in your life, if you're a Christian, to guide you in these paths of righteousness. And he's doing it for his name's sake. Now, he does love you, and he, he's doing it so that uh, you prosper. But he's also doing it to demonstrate his power about how he can lead his people, shepherd his people, transform his people. Now, it's interesting here in Psalms 23 when it says, uh, he guides me in paths of righteousness. The word path here is a track, a deeply caught. It's clearly uh, visible. I was raised on a cattle ranch, cattle farm, and... Um, You'd be surprised what, what a, a group of cattle can do. They, they will all walk in a line from their water source, their feed source, their, uh, their resting source. And you see paths after a while. You see paths about, you know, foot and a half uh, wide going throughout the field. And sometimes they're very, very deep. I mean, sometimes they're an inch, two inches. They're clearly marked. Also, for those of 
you young guys and girls that are hunters, you know that when you go out in the woods, what do you look for if you're deer hunting? You look for what we call deer runs, aren't they? And if you look closely enough, you look out there through the woods and you can see on the ground. In some places, there's an indention. And that indention runs like a rut through the forest. And you know, deer are going back and forth through there from their bedding area to their feeding area to their watering area. Do you see? Well, God has promised us that these paths are clearly marked out. And where are they marked out? In the Word of God. But there's something else that I think is involved in this. We talk about paths of righteousness. Think of the thousands of years and the countless, countless saints of God that have walked these paths. And they've walked them, walked them, generation after generation of people that have walked these paths. And they it's kind of marked out also by them. And so where do we find the will of God? We find it only inerrantly, infallibly, um, in the word of God. And yet we can also learn a lot as we read biographies and study the lives of great men and women down through history because they all have one thing in common. They sought to walk in these paths of righteousness. And that's, that's what you and I need to do. So who does God promise to protect? Well, those who walk in integrity, those who walk in paths of justice, and those who are godly. Now, um, you have to excuse me. It has been a very long day. Um, but those, you know, when we hear the word godly, you know, if someone walked up to you and said, are you godly? You would probably not want to say yes, because boy, that would really, that would sound like boasting. You know, I'm a godly man. Um, but the word primarily indicates someone who is devoted to God. And if you're a Christian, you are devoted to him. Now, there'll be varying degrees of devotion. But if you're a believer, you will be devoted to God. It has the idea of that you want to give your life to Him. And you lament, you're sad, when, when you fail. Uh, you want to show reverence to Him. You, you want to worship Him. And listen, um, I have, I, you know, I, I'm not a young man anymore. I've spent decades uh, seeking to be devoted to God. And I think if you look back, you will see, you know, well, he has sought to serve the Lord and to worship the Lord, and to please the Lord. But even in my own life, I'm, I'm going to look back and you'll see so many, um, so much of me, so many failures, so many things. And so, again, even though the believer can say that they are godly, we recognize that if God was to judge us on our godliness or our ability to walk in the paths of justice or, you know, in our integrity, we would have no hope. I have no hope in those things. I have hope in only one thing, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So even though I want to learn the book of Proverbs and I want to follow the book of Proverbs and I want to be godly, walk in integrity, I know that my only hope is Jesus. Now, let's look. Before we go on, I want us to look at one thing, Psalms 1-6. Uh, we've gone back to that a few times, but everything we've said here kind of reminds me of that psalm. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. 
you say, well, I thought God knew everything. Well, God does know everything, but no means more than just knowledge. It also indicates relationship, and sometimes a very intimate relationship. And what it's saying is, God knows the way of the wicked. He does. He knows everything they do. But it says specifically, God knows the way of the righteous, that he's intimately concerned for it. He's involved in it. He's, he's working to, to be a help and a protector and a guide to those who are righteous. And so you can count on this, that if you devote yourself to being this kind of person, God devotes himself to helping you. And he is a great help in times of trouble and even in times when we don't know we need help. Now, let's go on. God promises to protect these types of people, those who walk in integrity, who walk in the path of justice, who are godly. But how does he protect them? And we're going to see that there's really two ways. Uh, one is through intervening providence, and the other is through the wisdom that he gives his people. Now, what do I mean by the big words intervening providence? Well, in verse 7, it says that God is a shield. A shield is used. I mean, when arrows are coming at you, you lift up that shield. When a sword is about to strike down on you, uh, you lift up that shield, and it, it, takes, it, it, it takes the hit. So God is basically saying he throws himself between us and evil. He stands as a shield. And that is a great comfort. Also, it says he guards. The idea is that he's watching. He's forever vigilant. He, you remember what the scripture says. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. Um, the false gods were oftentimes mocked because, you know, the prophet would say, are you asleep? You know, can you not hear? Have you gone off on a vacation somewhere? But God's not that way. He's always present. He's always watching. He's always hearing. And then it also says in, in verse 7 and 8 that, that he protects. And sometimes in God's providence, he supernaturally intervenes to help his people. He does do these things, exceptional things. But here's what I want you to see. Especially, I remember this on the mission field, um, during a time of great turmoil in the country where I was serving, time of war actually, and the bombs blowing up, and the machine gun fire, and the people being wounded and killed, and sometimes the missionary being right in the middle of it. I saw many times where God's hand supernaturally intervened to protect. And, but, but I want you to know those are exceptional things for exceptional times. Basically, and most commonly, how does God preserve his people and protect his people? Through giving them the wisdom that is found in the scriptures so that they know how to avoid evil. They know how that when they're confronted with evil, how to respond. They know how to discern evil so that they, they don't fall into the trap. Uh, look at it this way. Let's say you're in a room and, and your back is against the wall and the room's on fire and you've got to get across the room to the door. You say, well, I'm going to run to the door. But then I tell you, but the, the floor is filled with uh, explosives, pressured explosives. And if you step in the wrong place, you're going to blow up. So now you're in trouble because you've got a fire in the room and you need to run out, but you can't run out because you don't know where to step. 
Well, that's kind of the way life is. We don't know where to step. We need to move, that's for sure. But we don't know where to step. But if we have the Word of God, we do. Just like if I handed you a map where all the different bombs are located in the floor and said, now go two steps forward and three steps to your left. Now go four steps forward and one step to your right. Eventually until you make it to the door. In the same way, we need to follow the Word of God so that we can walk circumspectly. That's what Paul says in the book of Ephesians. To walk carefully so that we avoid evil. Now, um, let me say this. Imagine, I have a four-year-old daughter, okay? And so if we go to a par- you know, Walmart or something, and we're walking across the parking lot, don't you expect me to hold her hand? I mean, and to visibly and physically guide her into the store. <laughs> as wild as my little four-year-old is, I can assure, I don't even let go of her hand in the store. Um, now, if you saw that, you would say, well, that's what a dad should do. You know, she's four years old. And she's kind of a wildcat. So, yeah, you need to watch her. You need to walk with her through the parking lot so she doesn't run in front of the car. Now, I have two sons, and both of them are, are a lot bigger than me, and I'm six foot two. One of them's 18, the other one is 16, and um, they're bigger than me, stronger than me. What if I held both of their hands and walked them across the parking lot? You would think, that's kind of strange. Those boys shouldn't be treated like babies. Well, in the same way. I actually believe that younger believers will oftentimes see more exceptional deliverances from God, not because they're more spiritual, but because they're more in the church and they need someone to grab them by the hand. But as we grow older, God wants us to mature by studying his word, you see, by studying his word. Now, God gives wisdom. If you look in verse nine, he says, you will discern righteousness and justice and equity. You'll be able to weigh things, to identify them, to determine this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is evil. I should walk this way, I should avoid this way. You'll also be able to apply righteousness in your daily life and be able to to deal with other people with righteousness and fairness. You see, through conforming your thought patterns to that of God through the study of his word. He says in verse 9, he says, you'll be able to discern every good course. When you come to that why in the road, you'll be able to discern. Now, you may have to think. You may have to go back into scripture. You may have to meditate on the problem. You may have to pray. And you may have to seek godly counsel from your parents or from elders. But you will be able to discern the good course. And, And think about that, the good course. You know, you, you can take a turn in life where it is not good. It is not healthy. It is harmful and dangerous and demeaning. It deteriorates you. It ruins you. You can take that course. And you know, I've preached long enough to, to think that some of you who are actually hearing my voice and watch all these videos, you still may take that course. The bad one. But you should take the good It'll be health to your body, strength to your bones. It'll be good for your heart. It'll lead to the prosperity of your own spirituality and the prosperity of your family, your parents, your children, your wife, even a legacy. 
generations after you. And so if you study the word, you'll be able to discern, this is the way I should walk. It also says in, in verse 11, discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you. Now, I want you to see something. Remember when we talked about the special providence of God? It talked about him watching over you. But now it's talking about wisdom watching over you. That that the very same things that are said about God supernaturally intervening to protect you is now the same thing being said about wisdom. If you study wisdom, it will protect you. It truly will. Let me give you a, a story. This really happened. It really did. It, it amazed me. I can tell you it shocked me as much as it did anyone else. I was counseling one day with a young believer. This was years and years ago. And the young believer was starting to go to this group of people that were, were truly what we would call legalists. They weren't really about the gospel. They were about keeping laws and rules. And you had to be a member of their group to be right with God. It was, it was basically a cult and very dangerous. And I spent probably an hour or so counseling. Uh, this young person, others in the church had talked to me about how you know you're departing from Scripture, you're departing from from the gospel, you're departing from Christ to put yourself in the bondage of these of these people and and their rules. And uh, after after a lengthy time of counseling, the the young person said, "No, I'm convinced." And, and when she said that, I, I went to Proverbs. I went to Philippians chapter 3 where Paul said something very hard. It was very, very hard. He said, beware of them dogs. Beware of those dogs, those, those men who, who are trying to subject you to their rules and their legalism and they will eventually devour you. Beware of those dogs. That's what I told her. Now that's in Scripture. I gave her so many Scriptures about how wrong this was. And she didn't listen to any of them. And she left. And I remember praying a bit afterwards, really concerned for her soul. About 20 minutes later, uh, the doorbell rang. And I went to the door and she was standing there, almost historic, hysterical. And she was crying. And I said, you know, come on in. What, 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 what's wrong? What happened? And she said, those dogs, those dogs. And I said, what, what do you mean? those dogs. She said, I didn't listen to you. And when you gave that last verse, it really made me angry. And she goes, I was walking, you know, in, in Peru where we lived, everybody just about took a bus, you know. And she said, I was walking to, to catch the bus. And I came around a corner and a dog was standing there and it growled at me and it grabbed me by the ankle and it bit me. And, she, and, and, and so I said, you know, I thought, Really? You know, I, and I finally I said, let me let me see your ankle. And it, it, it had been. And um, so we got some things and helped out with her, her foot a bit. And I told her, you know, you need to go to the doctor. But she said, you're right. That's a bad group. And I said, well, you know, you could have learned that the easy way. Just listening to the word of God. And, and discerning things based upon what God has told you rather than some what seemed to be um, something of a providential intervention by God. Um, do you see? Do you remember what we first learned 
as well as back a while ago. You can you can either learn and live or live and learn. The devil, God told Adam and Eve, listen, learn. I've told you, don't eat from this tree. Learn and you will live. The devil said, no, you've got to experience it. See if it's true for yourself. Well, you don't want to do that because it leads down a very, very dangerous, dangerous path. So let's just study the scriptures, grow in discernment, and walk in the fear of the Lord by following his, his scriptures. And remember, in all our following, our following cannot save us. It is only the gospel of Jesus Christ and faith in him. Well, God bless you, and we'll see you in the next study, Lord willing. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.